What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I walk a straight line, shackle and chain. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, Rango. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And y'all, we told y'all, I, I can't remember if we posted this, Woody, or if we talked about it on the show, but we have our hands on a lot of original Angolites from uh, the 50s. Jim got his hands on original <laughs> Angolites from the 50s. That's right. Hell, and, I, I, I liked when I when I worked there, I had a subscription. Yeah. I, I mean, if that magazine is interesting AF. Yes. I didn't get to read 
obviously the back issues like this. So it's oh different God, time, it's different language, different way they spoke. And it is just crazy when you hear these stories. That's right. And, and what do you just said it? So people keep in mind, they, they talk differently right. back then and it was a different time in history. Yeah, so we're, we're certainly not being racist or misogynist or whatever. One way or the other. We're yeah. not being anything. We're just reading you what was Printed in the fifties. That's right. So we're gonna we're gonna cover some of the stuff we found more interesting, and we'll comment on it, and we'll give y'all insight into Angola as it was, you know, sixty five, seventy years ago. Right. Uh, it was truly bloody Angola. Truly bloody Angola. And this first one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take, and uh, and we're gonna comment on this after, and you'll see why. But. The headline on this says, court gives six deuces in aftermath of AWOLs. Two women and four men, all Angolans, today are each serving additional two-year sentences following a trip to district court in St. Francisville on different days last week. The women are Teresa Amal and Maxine Cole. The men are Willie Jackson. Raymond Bailey, Robert George, and C.S. Robertson, all figured in recent escape attempts. The women for a nocturnal walkway from Camp D. A walkway. (laughs) It's basically a nighttime walkaway. Nighttime walkaway. Uh, Three of the men for a saw out from from the control cells. And the fourth for a field run. Yeah. Security officials said each entered a plea of guilty before, y'all get ready for this, Judge Woodrow W. Overton. My grandfather. How about that? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How about that? I almost fell out when I read yeah. that, y'all. Yeah. That's that's Woody's namesake right yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, he said that the, the hardest thing he ever did, I think he sentenced seven people to die. And they were... And, when you got sentenced to die back then, they killed you. Right? Yeah. And, and, but, so he actually was a judge for East and West Feliciana Parish and Angola naturally falls in West Feliciana Parish. So every crime committed in Angola, he would have heard the cases. Yeah. So he, he definitely heard that one. And incidentally, y'all, this is dated a- April 7th, 1956. So that's wow. how far off we're going. Uh, you know, the other crazy thing about that is, I think, that's the same time frame when my mama said, so, so the, the judge is naturally my dad's dad, right? And my, my papa. And now my mom's mom and dad, my grandmother and grandfather lived on the B line when my mom was a little girl. But my mom's mom worked as a female correctional officer for the women's side. Oh, wow. And, they, and now they don't even house the women there. Don't right? even. But back back then they did. They Look, they escaped just like the men did. Yeah, they were really escaping back then. You yeah. got then they didn't have all the security, security measures they have in place now. Certainly they didn't have wolf dogs and, and everything else. And right. I guarantee you they, they want to get out. So let me read you another one, y'all. It's called Cash Gone. Cash Gone. Cash Gone. Uh-oh. Edward Moss, a resident of the Hill Castle CCR, today possesses the dubious distinction of being the first inmate to be caught with cash since the ban was affected in February 1st. A police report said Moss was being taken to Charity Hospital in New Orleans for treatment. 
A routine shakedown by a correction officer revealed five $1 bills Uh-oh. concealed in a box of matches. Come on. <laughs> so you know what you could get five bucks back then? Yeah. That'd been like $5,000 now. Yeah. And back, of course, back then they, you know, smoked and, and cigarettes for cash and, and, and everything. But he was going yours. I bet you he's going to bring some dope back with him. No doubt about it. And have cash, $5 cash, cash gone. $5. In, the, in, the in the matchbox. In the matchbox. And they had just outlawed. Apparently right. you could have cash yeah. before yeah. 1956. February but they, 1st, 1956. They figured it Isn't out. That crazy? Yeah. Crazy, crazy story. So uh, still sticking with that particular Angolite edition, Paper rags bring $36.88 for fund. A load of waste paper and rags sold to a Baton Rouge dealer last week added $36.88 to the coffers of the inmate lending fund. A check in the amount has been deposited. So lending fund? The lending fund. Back then, they actually, the inmates would, they served as their own bank. Yeah. So they would do things to earn money, like in this situation, and they would actually loan each other money for can- the canteen right, and things right. like that. And you'd and pay interest, I guess, or whatever. And nowadays, they they do two-for-ones. That's illegal. But they, you know, you run out of um, chips before then in a month and you want a bag of chips and you're so hungry, you go see the man who's got the store and his footlocker, which he's not supposed to have. Yeah. Usually the guy that's got somebody putting money on his books and buys everything. And they do two for ones or three for ones or whatever. And the reason they outlawed it actually is because all the fights and shit it caused when people couldn't pay it back. Oh, wow. Crazy. Well, let's take you to April the 2nd. 1956. Now, y'all, some of these are just hilarious. Title of this one is Bait Snares Possum. It ain't every day a feller can come up with a fish story which has a baked possum at the end of it. No, sirree. This is, y'all, this is their writing. Ben Son Swamper on the Angola Ferry set out his line in the Mississippi one day last week. Said line was temporarily baited with a tidbit marinated to tickle the palate of any catfish within whistling distance. (laughs) (laughs) Atop the line was an empty jug for a float to show when Mr. Cat nibbled. (laughs) It was was worn and Sashon dozed. He came awake with a start when he saw the empty jug disappeared under a log on dry land. Uh oh. Uh oh. Right? Tugging got on something the, on the line. Right? Tugging on the fish line, he found a full grown possum oh, weighing about nine pounds who had foolishly gobbled hook, bait, and all. <laughs> that aroma. You smell down Camp E-Way was the possum slowly roasting in his own fat. Plus a few candied yams, of course. That's the whole article. Of course. That's crazy, bro. And, you know, my dad used to joke about this saying, oh, yeah, when I was a boy, I ate possum. I'm like, you ain't ever ate possum. I mean, the only possums, I, well, you see them. But if you, you ever seen a dead cow in a field, when you go up to it and it's all bloated and, and you kick it, Possums run out of that guts, gut pile. I ain't eating possum. 
That's that funny. Is, that's but hilarious. y'all, the way they write it and the the words they use, the we're actually reading me what they wrote. I think it's hilarious. That's right. How about this one? More fifty six tags are on order here. Now y'all, you know, they make license plates right, at right. Angola, yeah. and and in nineteen fifty six, they absolutely made license plates, and so they covered it a little bit of that in the Angolite, and they said sales of automobiles in Louisiana must be trending upward, <laughs> with stores offering a jalopy free. With five hundred dollars worth of new furniture, what? <laughs> I kid you not. So apparently, they had a, a, a store. Basically, uh, if you bought new furniture, they give you uh, a POS a, car, a freaking car, piece of shit jalopy yeah. <laughs> for five hundred dollars worth of furniture. And uh, so it goes on to say, driving the car free with every new purchase. Witness to the fact is the local tag plant, which last week received orders for 40,000 additional license tags for 1956. Yes. New Orleans alone called for 15,000, they said. The plates cost seven cents each and sell for $3. And Jesse James was a native of Missouri. That's, that's a good hilarious, one. bro. That's, that's a good hilarious. One. Funny as hell. I like yeah. that. So, one. hey, every one of y'all out there that's listening, that plate on your car, that's a piece of bloody and gold. That's right. That's made history there. right there. It's not made anywhere else, yeah. right? All right. So t- let me take you another little short one, but it's it's funny, right? It's called Two Runaways Lose Good Time. So Lawrence Leonard and Marvin Teams both from STU borders will be here for 11 months longer. The lads were assessed the loss of that much good time for playing hooky recently. The hooky involved a little matter of going AWOL in the brush. (laughs) (laughs) So the good time y'all in the state of Louisiana, and now it's changed from certain crimes, but the, um, Every day you do, you get a day of good time off your sentence. Every day you do it, I'll write up. Yeah. So these fellows decided they were going to go AWOL, absent without leave, and they, well, you know, they they were doing it in the brush. I don't know if they were AWOL with each other, yeah. playing hide the salami or <laughs> taking a nap off, off the push line. They did it, and they got both of them got eleven months longer in bloody Angola, Ugh. hiding in the brush, hiding in the brush. That's there's it. no reason to hide in the brush. No hell, I no. mean there's reasons. <laughs> yeah, either you're running or you're not. So, uh, so we're moving on. In that, this is still that particular issue, and back in the headline of this says shamed, and it says back in what what could be called. The Wilds of the Wild West is a town of 2,000 people, which has neither jail nor police, courts nor lawyers. Don't believe it? Look it up. In it, it, its name is Escalante, and it's located in south-central Utah, 130 huh. miles from the railroad. Yeah. They're all Mormons, 2,000 people, and lest you get the idea of their hillbillies. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. 
Note the house is built of brick, the pianos and parlors, and all painstakingly trunked in. What do you do when someone commits a crime, we ask the storekeeper. We don't have any crime, he replied. But things like uh, youngsters doing what youngsters do. (laughs) Uh, Needless to say, no juvenile delinquents ever become a problem in Escalante. And that was just what that was. And the reason I read that to y'all is... That is, you got to remember, prisoners are primarily reading this, and right. that is a look at the outside right. of society right. that they don't get to see. Yeah, they try to sh- show you a different part of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And That's so, Escal- they featured. How in the hell did they know? I'm pretty sure it it was you know one of those Mormon communities uh, uh, that take what uh, polygamy and all that stuff. That's and those kids. Yeah, they got their ass beaten, as it should be. All right, let me take you to another one. Again, April 7, 1956. And this one, fight with floor, nets, cut chin. Mm. The ambulance brought inmate Robert McKinley of Oaks 4. Yeah, that's a dormitory. With lacerations on his chin Monday it was believed he had engaged in a fight dash with the floor. <laughs> he was repaired and sent home. Now, you know, that's full of shit. He got fight his ass. Well, and he, he, in my code, he wasn't going to tell. Yeah. So, but they got it covered, right? It's in the thing. I'm going to read one more real quick. Yep. All right. Nine new officers. Nine new correction officers were placed on the payroll during the past week. Ooh. Administration office attach attaches said. Wow. <laughs> Big long article. Yeah. I'm letting you know nine more correction officers. Nine in one week, which is actually a lot. It'd be a lot today. Right. That's crazy, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, anyway. And continuing on, uh, this is a, this is an interesting one. And this one says pants. Uh, peanut butter spelled jail for airing ex trustee. That's right. Pants like charity cover a multitude of, of shins. <laughs> it says shins, y'all. <laughs> or was it sins? Uh, okay, okay, so there's a joke there. Uh, both, it seems, would apply in the case of Johnny Cash, a former campy trustee who today is inside looking out. Uh-oh. It all happened one day last week at Warehouse 915, which is the official food supply larder at the new prison. Johnny and a number of others were unloading the truck. Spying a case of peanut butter, Johnny proceeded to fill every available pocket, cul-de-sac, and whisknot in his britches with the delicacy. And it was charged. Nabbed by the Gestapo... Johnny was Johnny was disengorged from his loot and taken to the sneezer. A disciplinary board took 60 days off his good time and gave him a rest and gave him a rest on T-bone steaks, baked potatoes and ice cream. 
<laughs> so basically, j- that dude stole some peanut butter yeah, and lost all his privileges. So the, 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 that, that peanut butter, I've seen it. It comes in big metal cans. That means he had to open it and, and get handfuls of peanut butter and shove it in his pockets oh just to get it back. God. And he would have got the part without the lint and probably sold it or traded it or whatever. Think about that. It's got to be tempting and bloody and golden. Oh, yeah. you, you, you get a little extra PJ. Oh, man. He tried. Not even PJ. Just I'm going I'm to read one more on yeah. here, and and that is, look, even back then they reported suicides and things like that, right. and, and it says here, suicide try fails. Teresa Amcon, a resident of the woman's camp, was treated at the General Hospital one day last week for lacerations on her arm. Three stitches were required to close a wound, which was described as self-inflicted. Mm. Really? Yeah, so I mean, they even reported. Look, they give the name they and everything, and the person uh, actually trying to to do whatever, trying to kill them. Do themselves. the dig, yeah. Right? All right. So, y'all, let's take you to August the twenty eighth, nineteen fifty four. All right, and this is a short one, but like Jim said, they reported everything, and I think they probably shortened some of these down like this on purpose. But the name of it is. Stabbed in fight. Uh-oh. Leroy Brown of Camp A received stab wounds in bicep, back, and shoulder Sunday in an, in an affray at his home unit. 17 stitches needed, the hospital said. <laughs> 17 <laughs> stitches? 17 Damn. Stitches. And they didn't like, say that was anything a fight. else about it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, now, they didn't that, get into that's detail. That's when bloody Angola. They had to go into detail. Uh-uh. He got jugged. He probably didn't tell he did it. I yeah. guarantee he needs so. 17 stitches. And, he, he has some holes in him. And he didn't. He probably didn't, he didn't rat on him because he got 1,700 more stitches, and the correctional officers probably didn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, that's so right. That's, that's how much he got investigated. So this one here, y'all, is from 1954, and this is uh, the title of this says "Brown Jumpers In for Trusty Winter Wear." (laughs) It sounds like something you read in J.C. Penney ad, right? right? Brown jumpers are in. Brown jumpers for trusty winter wear. So what will the well-dressed trustee and convict guards wear this winter? Back then, y'all, they had convict guards. That's right. That's why this other one didn't get investigated. (laughs) The one I told you about in the last one. That's right. Uh, Brown denim jumpers each lined with blanket cloth. The general warehouse said last week, a quantity of the coats is now on hand, ready for distribution as soon as the weather demands, they said. Maximum security inmates will wear the blue denim jumpers, which were washed and stored last spring. Also on hand, the warehouse said, is a quantity of long-handled underwear for the winter. Raincoats and boots will again be available for wet weather. That is crazy. So they actually dress these trustees and the convict guards in nicer, heavier lines. Everybody else got to rewash it from the year before they stored. I imagine it had a few moth holes in them, don't you think? Oh, I'm. And John and Long John's, hey, you still getting somebody else's shit stain in your underwear. Oh, you better believe. I mean, it. y'all, when you go to prison, if in case you didn't know, you don't get to bring your own underwear. They give you the same shit that's been issued to a thousand other inmates for it. And look, when you send your stuff in to be washed, it's like your bed sheets. You get back. It's a potluck. Right? That's right. So, 
Anyway, all right. Y'all, let me take you back again to 1954. And it's a big headline, y'all. And it says, Rabbit Sands, that's S-A-N-S, Beer. Now, that's in all capital. Rabbit Sands Beer. Cane rabbits? Yes. Phil rabbits? Sure. But Welch rabbit? Never heard of one, bub. But last <laughs> week, inmate dining rooms all over the farm not only heard of a Welch rabbit for the first time here, they saw, smelt, and ate one. The culinary innovation was served on toast as is customary, and contained cheddar cheese. It was a feature on last week's menu by courtesy of the Food Service Department. Time was when no Welch rabbit could properly be made without good beer. There is no beer. Alas, here. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is a Welch rabbit? I got to look that up real quick. That's I've never so heard crazy. of it. And they, yeah, they, you know, the Angolite was was known for its writing. And you notice that this is a lot of this is, uh, I don't know if you call it old, old fashioned writing, but it's just terms that aren't used anymore, which are which are hilarious. And I came across something. This is in the 1954 edition. What are you going to find let, this? Let yeah. me tell you real quick about the, the Welsh. They call it the Welsh, but it's Welsh rare bit or Welsh rabbit. Is a dish consisting of hot cheese-based sauce served over slices of toast bread. The original 18th-century name of the dish was Welsh rabbit, which later reinterpreted as rare bit, as the dish contains no rabbit. So they're they're even playing on that. <laughs> uh, you, 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 your buddy might kill a swamp rabbit when he's out in the field. Yeah. What was the other one? Cane rabbits, yeah. Yes, field rabbit, sure, but Welsh rabbit, never heard of one, bub. <laughs> That's because they didn't have it. Love it. So it basically, it's a cheese sauce. You'll get a kick out of this one, Woody. And this is uh, the 1954, y'all, and it's actually a count report Uh-oh. of of all the camps and the inmate counts and things like that. I found this interesting, and and uh, they had a camp. It was called the Old Wreck Station. They had five inmates there. Camp A and CCA had 584 inmates. Wow. Camp C had 259. Camp D had 80. Camp E and CCE had 328. Camp F had 388. Camp H1 and H2 had 412. Camp I had 178. Special Training Unit Control Cells had 93. Uh, General Hospital had 84. Admission Unit had 27. St. Gabriel, they listed St. Gabriel in there. They had the women's side because that's what the president later on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 89 in there. So 89 women, basically. Uh, police barracks, 29. Uh, and in transit, 10. So the, then they break it down, y'all. White population, 1,013. Wow. Colored population, 1680, huh. for a total count of 2693. I was close. I was doing the math in my head, and I was at like 2,500. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Well, they still, uh, to this day, break down the counts by uh, white or black, but that's not a racist thing. It's just how they help identify who's in there and who's supposed to be in what cell, et cetera. But that's crazy. Yeah. Think, okay, so they had... 
1954, and now it's 2023, and they got like 6,000. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. All right. Let me tell you another one. And again, y'all, these these titles jump off the page. Laundry girls get Coke treat today. Ooh. 40 colored women who daily sing the dirge of the wash tub and mangle in the Camp D laundry will be a guest at a Coke party this afternoon by courtesy of the Angola Light. The newspaper has donated two cases of the popular soft drink to the crew for distribution. Look, and that was right? that was real what? Coke back then. <laughs> that was before they pulled the Coke out of it. That's love. So they ain't go like must have had outside distributors even back um, subscriptions even back then. Yeah. The money they made, they put it back in the thing. But you know. They and they were nice enough to donate. Have yeah, a little coke party. Somebody had to go over there and bring it to them. Yeah, right. And they got you got forty women. Yeah, uh, I bet you that was an interesting day. Well, let me do one more, Joe. Yep. Uh, big headlines: two inmate guards added to roles. Right, and that's all capital shall. Two new inmate guards were enrolled last week following official action here. The two are Sonora Darnell Cullert, who is to serve at Camp M, and Earl Harvey, attached to the inmate guard force at H Camp. Earl Harvey must have been white. Be all they're saying the colored stuff, not us. But that's crazy. That was so inmate guards. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Do you think about the abuse of power that went on and that you were an inmate guard? Yeah. You had it going on. Yeah, they'd sit on them horses with them with them shotguns right. wait for well, somebody to break that line. in the dormitories. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash bloodyangola and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash bloodyangola.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply stuff and yeah. you you were the one they they have one they, they would lock them in and they have one real correctional officer who would just go make sure the doors were locked every once in a while what went on inside there holy shit well speaking of those headlines and how they jump off the page here's one for you it says found man's body what Yep, found floating in the Mississippi River near Baton Rouge last week is the decomposed body of a white man. He has been identified as Douglas Holly, LSP escapee. He's in a state penitentiary. That's it. Angola officials announced. Holly was with Thomas C. Dowdy and William H. Robinson, and they escaped on December 20th of 1954. Wow. Daddy was pulled from the river in a dying condition shortly after the escape. Robinson is still missing. Yeah. Uh, But is presumed to also have drowned. Identification was made via fingerprints and LSP uh, confirmed it. Captain Effie Foster aided the Baton Rouge probe. So there's your three escapees and notice they print that in big letters because they want want people to see what happens when you get in that Mississippi. So the three hit the river and in December, that river is cold. Uh, I mean, you're not going to last 20 minutes before hypothermia. And, but what's interesting there is they say he was pulled in an alive condition, but died. That yeah. means, yeah, they probably killed his ass. <laughs> right? So, anyway. That's right. All right. All right. We're going to – this is this language is just hilarious. Following minor humbugs at camps, three localities were languishing in the clink at Camp A last week for a trio of assorted reasons, all of which – alleged violations of local laws. Charles Williams of Camp F, for example, was pe- was said to have been talking when he should have listened. <laughs> Edgar Walker, a Camp A hand, is charged with having wielded a knife with painful and telling effect upon the torso of another inmate. <laughs> he cut his ass up. He shanked him. That's crazy. James Jackson, also Camp A, said he needed new shoes. The man said he didn't. Jackson bucked on working, the report says. All three are awaiting actions of the disciplinary board. Now, so you got the first one uh, who was given a direct reward to shut up, and, and or he was arguing, and he got swung. Edgar Walker was trying to kill somebody with a big old shank. And James Jackson wants some shoes. And the man, y'all, that's being the angle employees, told him no. So he got, he bucked up and got swung. Got swung. And, uh, wow, that's freaking awesome. Uh, 
we told you all about these loans that they make with the, you know, the inmates have basically their own bank there. Wasn't no Lori Johnson and yeah, no, <laughs> Hancock no, Whitney over there. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they, they did their own loans between each other. And I, I thought it was really cool in this 1954 edition. They actually have exactly how much money they loaned out into what camps and what individuals. And uh, so in, in this particular edition, they had 85 loan applications submitted. All right. Of those, 75 yes, were granted. Applications. Yeah. yeah, so they, they actually turned down. They actually denied right. 10, 10 applications. Right. Uh, like that never paid <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Camp A had 14 loans granted, and their total they loaned was $54. Camp C had two loans for $13 total. And it, and it goes through each and every one, uh, but the total amount loaned to all units was four hundred eight dollars uh, and ninety three cents, and the loans repaid in full. Uh, they even list that Camp H two six dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just crazy you to me. Buy a small French fry. It's like their it's man. like their own little world. Y'all. Yeah, just it was. Man. Yeah, yeah, really. So, it's crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> All right, so we told y'all about um, how Angola, since the Civil War, you know, pretty much they try to be self-sustainable, grow all their own stuff. Well, now they do it under prison industries. They actually grow stuff there, and or they do the milk, et cetera, and they sell it to other prisons, right, keeping the uh, cost down for the state and for us as taxpayers. But let's take you back to January 29th. 1955. Big headline. Jackson buys Gola bread. And that's G-O-L-A, y'all. Says 2,201-pound loaves of Angola-made bread. First of three shipments left by truck Wednesday morning for the East Louisiana State Hospital at Jackson. Bakery manager... H.B. Terrell said the local product is to pinch hit for Jackson-made bread while the hospital is completing the installation of a new oven in its bakery. A unit of the State Department of Institutions, the Jackson Hospital, which numbers about 5,000 patients, regularly buys Angola canned goods. And wow, that's... The goods, y'all, would be the vegetables. So let's talk about it real quick. So they're talking about, the, and it's still there to this day, um, my Aunt Jo was a nurse after World War II. She was a nurse here until she retired uh, uh, and is buried in the cemetery right there by it. But that's the state mental hospital, y'all, and I can't believe they had 5,000 uh, patients, what they call them, in 1955. So, again, all these state-run things trying to do their own stuff. But you know what? Gola bread. I'm pretty Gola sure I don't bread. want any Gola bread. Or they're a canned foods. Whatever it may be. <laughs> All right. So as you can see, you know, sometimes the editors of the Angolite or those contributing to the articles, you know, they would the, they were smart people. They may have right. been in Angola, but they were smart people. And uh and so you know, they the wool wouldn't pulled over their eyes in a lot of cases. And, mm-hmm. and here's a good ex- example of that. Homemade ice cream candy. 
What? How many bars of candy and pints of ice cream would you say were consumed by Angola inmates during the course of a year? The approximate figure in pounds and pints would be comparatively easy to check from intake sources here, but it would suffice for this to say that the totals would be huge. All the profits of which go, of course, to the dealer, the jobber, and the manufacturer. There you go. Something wrong with all this. <laughs> sort of like the farmer who grows a six-cent cotton, then pays $6 for a pair of pants weighing exactly what his cotton did. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like common sense, they, they, but they're yeah, figuring they it out. Somebody's padding their pockets. For on Angola, we manufacture sugar, then buy it back again in the form of candy and ice cream. <laughs> Putting the wagon before the horse, as it were. All joking aside, and with due respect for those who would be inclined to sample uh, too, too leniently, leniently, we urge. The start of an industry for the manufacture of various forms of candy and ice cream here. The equipment to be paid for out of out of uh, local sales and the profits uh, to the inmate lending fund, of course. So basically, this this guy's sitting around and he's thinking, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute, now I'm you know I'm manufacturing sugar." Uh, and we're selling it, there. and then I'm having to rebuy right. the buy same sugar that I just right. sold. Right, buy back with a little flavor. <laughs> yeah, it, right. And yeah. they're making money, but they said the profits go to the inmate fund, which yeah. as you heard on here today, and I sure the hell didn't know they had their own bank. They got their own bank. That's crazy. Yes, sir. All right. Okay, here we go. Man remembers old Angola at the turn of the century. And y'all, this is from January 29th, 1955. It says, back in the days when Angola was young, Thomas Didymus, now a grain 63, lived here as a child. That was in 1901. He recalled last week following his return with 18 months sentence. But Thomas was free then, and Angola was wide open, he remembers. As a boy, he lived with the Aklanard family who tilled Angola acres before it became a penitentiary. Hmm. Demetrius says Angola was owned by Major James, who leased convicts from the state at so much so much per head. He says Major James sold Angola, which extended from Camp E to the back gate to the state for twenty five thousand. Oldest building now on the farm is the barn at Camp A, which Dittman says was built in eighteen sixty nine. At one time, it housed female convicts. Comparing the old days with what he sees here now so far, Dittemus says, Angola is the best prison in the country. I've seen a few of them in my day, and I know. So <laughs> <laughs> we worked there as a kid that on, on whoever's farm in the fields, and he comes back at 63 years old. 
he gets sentenced. Yep. And, and, he, he, and he says, it's the finest prison in the, in the country. I know. I've been to quite a lot of them. That is just crazy. And, you know, we did, of course, Woody, we did the walls, which was, uh, which discussed the history of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, of Angola Colonel, and Colonel James. And, yeah. And, and that's, uh, he was, used to use the, the slaves, and then in the, after the Civil War, they, they used the convicts, if you will, and, and they did all that. Hey, Jim, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Y'all, they even did cartoons, and I'm, I'm going to describe this to you. Obviously, I can't show it to you. It's got, a, it's got a little boy and an older man on the beach. Now, the little boy's in a swim, swim trunks only. The man's in a long sleeve shirt and pants. Kind of looks like a uh, – would be a convict in boots but next to them there's a towel spread out and there's a very voluptuous i would guess you say redhead um she only has a bottom of her bathing suit on and she's laying down on her chest and as women so commonly do i doubt they did it in 1955 this was from january 55 so this lady's laying down on her chest and you can almost see i mean you see this bumps where her breasts are on the, on the side, but you can't see anything. And the caption says, just holler, boo, real loud. <laughs> they wanted to jump up. And the, and the man's in, digging in his pocket. looks like Love he's it. digging in his pocket to give the little boy's got his hand out, like to give him a coin. And the man's telling the, the little boy, just holler, boo, real loud, to get yeah. him to jump up to see those boobies. See those boobies. Yeah, even back then, y'all. This is back in the like nineteen fifty five. My dad was like, like twelve. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I'm gonna read you a couple here. So this is just kind of you know when they would do these Angolites, they would come up with just news of all sorts. And uh, so one of the articles says Moose joins the ranks of bald heads. Marcel Moose Hingle, another uh, person. It, it, Another convict has joined the ranks of the sons and daughters, and and I will arise. Circle six fifteen today is sporting a bald head. Mm. The moose became number four at the new prison to doff the skull adornment. So apparently, if you, you know back then, bald heads weren't weren't popular. Like right, if you shaved right. your head or whatever, right. so they actually kept track of people that did that. Huh. And moose, moose joined the ranks as a, you know. If your name moose, you can't have Aaron. <laughs> yeah. You just can't. It don't look right. right. And then here's another one that says field humbug puts man in pokey. Uh-oh. That's right. It all started over humbug in the field. But Jack Honeycutt of Camp A1 got the rap because Jack was seen by an inmate guard uh, dropping an, and, and told to drop a knife. He told the man the knife was found, but Honeycutt said he was only keeping it for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> the the court gave him the rest of the the rest of the day in the hole. On chicken and strawberry shortcake indefinitely, whatever that means. Right. So he he basically got the hole for for having a knife, and yeah, then when they yeah, said, "Where'd you get it?" He yeah. said, "I found. Uh, uh, I, I was just yeah, holding it for I someone was else. With somebody else." Yeah. So uh, that's hilarious. So yeah. Even back then, uh, uh, just the craziness of what they were report, especially con- compared to now, y'all was yeah. Think about different. It, you know, what do we say? Almost three thousand inmates locked up. They they're not getting the morning advocate or or the state paper or whatever. 
I'm sure the library, if they had one, was very limited. So the Angola light for them was like the best. Oh yeah, that that was all they I had. Mean, I mean, that was their they escape. Have, they didn't have TV. That I was mean, their escape. And if you could read, I'm sure they had one of them to sit around and read to everybody else, right? That's it's right. Like it was a high level education, or they had any Botech schools or anything. And they kept it. They kept it going, and um, and essentially. You know that was a weekly edition for for a long time, not just a monthly edition. They released That's it right, weekly. Weekly, I mean, yeah. that was it. And this and that got to have some kind of entertainment, right? Absolutely. So let me tell you the title of this one, and it might be it for today. But let's see. Is it, it, capital letters acts? Oh, let me tell you when it was. It's from April seventh, nineteen fifty six. Axe accident puts. Bite on man's neck. Now, y'all, that's the oh, title, Lord. right? Swinging an axe over his shoulder one day last week, Douglas Johnson of Camp A2 was wholly unprepared for what followed. The axe slipped and took a swipe at Johnson's neck. At the emergency room of the General Hospital, Abel attendant Leonard Bush put eight stitches in it. Oh my now God. I bet that you he didn't cut himself on the back. Somebody hacked him. Yeah. So we, we, Jim, we need to um, look up, and I'm sure one day when we actually do go on on the tour, the the um, the general hospital, right? So we know that the nurse back in those days they called her the angel. There was no full time doctor, so it was convict inmates who were doing most of the stuff. I mean, even doctors get sentenced to prison, but uh, that. General Hospital, I would be interested to know where it was and and and, and all that. And we could put a number on how many people died there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Axe at accident puts bite on man's neck. Mm. And you know, also one thing they did that was really cool in the Angolite back then was they did what they called local briefs, and those were just short little paragraphs that highlighted things going on just in general in the in the bloodiest prison in america uh and so i'm gonna read some of those for you uh and this is the local briefs and it says 45 pupils from an east baton rouge parish high school uh basically took a trip around the plantation last saturday so they they were just still do that to this yeah so, so a tour even back then uh, greater operators are now lining out water runoffs on each side of the main highway from Camp A to the General Hospital turnoff. So, so these are separate stores. Yeah. And they, so they're ditch saying, work basically. Yeah, telling that that's what they're doing over there. Then it, then they have one that says seek toothbrushes. Trustees at Camp E have asked, please, can they get a new toothbrush? <laughs> the one they had is now worn down to the nub. They wow. allege. That's crazy. Uh, Airstrip cleanup. Anticipating a rush of flyboy business, crews last week cut the grass on the Angola Airstrip. Wow, I didn't know it existed back then. What year was that? This was 1956. Wow. Yeah, so even way back then. They hadn't even been flying that long since 1917. Yeah. Well, uh, how about this? Wax's toe. Henry Collins of Camp A2 whacked his toe Tuesday instead of grass. He oh. was treated at the hospital. Oh, well, that means yeah. he probably didn't have good shoes. He had brogans on. 
Yeah, yeah, Burgering. That's right. Store progresses. Construction workers are again active on the inmate commissary and hobby shop building in the new prison. Work on the structure has been delayed because of wet weather. Hmm. So that was going on. And then it says, Count messed up. Uh oh. Uh oh. M- Emil Lucas of Camp A2 is in the hole today. For messing up the man's count. It's exactly how it says. Emil was in the sack. He should have been facing eyes right. Mm, (laughs) So they made him get up and stand almost at attention. And he was asleep when they called for count. Yeah. Yeah. Emil said, I was tired. Uh, Pissed him off. They threw him in a hole for that, y'all. The man threw him in a hole. And that was, it was really the hole then. Right. It wasn't like the whole night. Real sweat sweat box. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It says, uh, testing staffers, the testing office where they determine if you're a high grade moron or just a moron. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Or just a moron is now across the hall from the admissions unit. I can't believe they got that in there. It seems like they get their ass beat. Yeah. Hell yeah, this is but it. Uh, Barney plants posies. John Barney Barnhart, new prison orderly, has been active this past week planting flowers for the placing in the staff dining room. Well, isn't that so nice? Even, right? Yeah, how about that? And they're basically calling him a pansy for the whole world. Oh yeah, except for he's in, working in the staff dining room. He's getting a little bit some extra to eat. You gonna love this one, Woody? Right. Games barred. Uh oh. Aha! It's against the rules to play hide-and-go-seek in working hours. (laughs) Are you serious? Yep. That's what Melvin McPherson of the STU did. He did the man's salt. And when they found him, they put him, guess where? In the hole. Yep, that's what they wrote. Um, Guess where? Hide-and-go-seek. Really, y'all? He was probably trying to hide to escape or whatever. They're making fun of it, right? But the man called him. Yep, the man caught him. That's the how they man. referred to him, mm-hmm. the man. The man. The man is keeping me down. They even have weather reports in here, y'all. Yeah, in the list. Uh, so here's the last week's mugginess reflected itself on the local scene. A general feeling of letdownness plus an increased awareness of the time left to serve. Ever stop to think how weather adds or detracts from the morale of a prison? Overcast skies and threats of rain were added to these marks, and it shows basically they were they were averaging anywhere from forty five degrees to sixty seven as a low, and highs from seventies to eighties. That I would think that would be a good thing for them. No sun and that cooler, was an April cooler temperatures, of that year. yeah, cooler temperatures in the field and stuff. But that's super interesting and look we'll bring y'all some more of these in the future you know one every season or something because i i just love that yeah i do too i got one more i want to give them you'll like this one domiciles wilt as cooler goes on blink if it ain't the heat it's the humidity and if it ain't that it's the gals who beef about it Uh last week the air conditioning apparatus at the administration building slipped its bra (laughs) That's exactly what it says. The outside temperature rushed in with a gush. Three damasels on duty wilted. They were revived with unspiked Coca-Colas. <laughs> I love it, man. Love you think it. that means like the belt came off the AC or I, something? I guess. And, and, I, and, and, and the and girls were complaining. The yeah. office girls is yeah, basically right. what they're and saying. They revive a Coca-Cola. That's it. That's good shit. Unspiked Coca-Cola. Unspiked Coca-Cola. So no Jack Daniels. Regular, regular Coca-Cola. Y'all, real quick, 
of course we hope you enjoyed the episode and we really appreciate you uh if you haven't tried hello fresh coming from foodie y'all and i cook for myself every day and i'm kind of a snob about it the food is it freaking is. good and good. for the value of the money hell i can't go to, to mcdonald's or anywhere for for, for what you know we pay for especially with our code yeah no um but it's good food give it a try the proportions are, are plenty and it's fresh rise at your doorstep you can order anything and we appreciate HelloFresh for sponsoring us. That's right. 50% off plus free shipping using the code BloodyAngola50. That's five zero. So you go to HelloFresh.com slash BloodyAngola50, five zero. And right. you can take advantage of free shipping plus 50% off uh, of your And if order. you try it and you cook it and you like it, because I know you will, Take a picture and and send it to us. Yeah, right? so we share it because we we have some. We're going to be posting some more videos. And real quick, last time I'm going to mention it. Podcastawards.com. Yes, it, it, it ends I think Friday. That yep. so tomorrow. The um, podcastawards.com. Go to Adam Curry's People's Choice and vote for Bloody Angola, and go to the history section and vote for Bloody Angola. We This is the one more award we have not brought home yet. First time nominated for it, and just gives total validation of what we do, and we appreciate and love each and every one of y'all. Yeah, and we appreciate y'all listening. Look, this, this month is our year. Our yes, year. that's right. Hey, yeah. It's, hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Bloody happy Angola. Happy birthday to you. Look. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Bloody Angola. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Right. That's right. And and when me and Woody started this, we we absolutely love history, right, y'all, right. prison history especially. And so it was something uh, that we really wanted to do together. It's, it's you know, if two people listened to it, we would have right, been happy. Right, right, but right, right. it has been insanely successful. It Very grows successful. every month. Uh, and we're a year in. It doesn't seem like it's a year, but uh, you know we enjoy it. We right. enjoy bringing love this doing team. it. And our Patreon members, thank you yes. so much. You, y'all rock. You, uh, you know, absolutely couldn't do it without you. Good. But thank you so much. We hope you're enjoying all your bonus episodes. We just did another one last week. We recorded it for y'all. Yeah. And so there's plenty of that. Uh, um, if you like Bloody Angola, you want extra bonus episodes, we have plenty locked up. Yeah, so go to patreon.com, search search Bloody Angola, and we have a bunch of different Plethora. levels yeah. uh, uh, that you can join. We so, do. So anyway, we love all y'all and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. Complete story of America's bloodiest Prison. Peace. Peace. <laughs> I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. Penitentiary Just ask the Hill String Gang Wrangle the three
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.